Welcome. It is Isaac here. And listen, I have a great, great teaching that I want to get in your spirit today. Um, these teachings that I'm going to be called uh, today is going to be titled the Jehu Anointing. Um, the topic is going to be on destroying the spirit of Jezebel. So I am excited. I feel rejuvenated. I'm ready that this word is going to penetrate your spirit, penetrate your heart. And that's what I pray that your life's never going to be the same after hearing this teaching. So whether you're at home listening, whether you're in the car, I want you to really be focused. And if you're at a, at a point um, while you're listening right now to where you can get alone, put your phone down and open up your notebook and take some notes, I would encourage you to highly do that. If you're not at a place, maybe you're driving, you're at work and you can't take notes, whatever the case may be, or you're at the gym, what I want you to do is go back and listen to this. And I want you to be get serious and I want you to take some notes because there's some nuggets of truth in here that God spoke to my spirit and has touched me. So I know it's going to speak directly to you. So let's get right into this thing. Um, once again, we're going to be talking about destroying the spirit of Jezebel. Um, I'm going to try to stay teachy uh, during this teaching, but I can't promise you that I'm not going to get preachy. Uh, that's just in my nature, um, and especially on a topic like this. Um, that I really feel called to uh, this kind of warfare, destroying the spirit of Jezebel. I really feel called to that. Um, not only destroying the spirit of Jezebel, but exposing uh, the spirit of Jezebel. So I, I may get a little preachy, and, and I'm not going to apologize in advance. So let's get into this. We're going to be reading uh, from the passage of Scripture in 2 Kings verse, chapter 9, verses 1 through 7. And this is what it reads. Meanwhile, Elisha the prophet had summoned a member of the group of prophets. And this is what he says, get ready to travel. He told him, and take this flask of olive oil with you. Go to Ramoth Gilead and find Jehu, son of Jehoshaphat, son of Nimshi. Call him into a private room away from his friends and pour the oil over his head. Say to him, this is what the Lord says. I anoint you to be king over Israel. Then open the door and run for your life. Verse 4, so the young prophet did as he was told and went to Ramoth Gilead. When he arrived there, he found Jehu sitting around with the other army officers. I have a message for you, commander, he said. For which of us, so he's saying, for which of us do you have a message for? Jehu asked, for you, commander, he replied. He's speaking to Jehu. For And then we go to verse 6. So Jehu left the others and went into the house. Then the young prophet poured the oil over Jehu's head and said, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I anoint you king over the Lord's people Israel. Verse 7. You are to destroy the family of Ahab, your master. In this way, I will avenge the murder of my prophets and all the Lord's servants, servants who were killed by Jezebel. So let's pray. Father, we love you so much. I thank you that this teaching, um, Father, would penetrate the hearts of your people, would speak to them, would stir them up. God, that they would feel a tug after you. And Father, I ask that these words, God, would come straight from you, not from me. But Father, you would touch the lives of your people. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's get into this. I'm excited. We're going to be once again on the topic of destroying the spirit of Jezebel. And in this time, I want you to understand that while we're talking uh, about the spirit of Jezebel, I really want you to understand that while we're talking about this spirit, and you may, uh, we're going to be talking about some traits of this spirit, what the spirit of Jezebel does, how it operates, there's a bunch of different things, and there may, um, you may get people come to your mind, you may get faces come to your mind, but I want you to understand that a person's actions are controlled by a spirit. 
So as we're going over these traits and we're talking about the spirit of Jezebel and a name pops into your mind, I don't want you to see the person. I want you to see the spirit behind the that's controlling the person. Are you hearing me today? Because what we can do and what the enemy would love for us to do in the body of Christ is to see this spirit of Jezebel and begin to hate the person because they're operating in the spirit. When you have to understand, don't look at the person. Look at the spirit controlling the person. And that's what we're dealing with tonight, today, whenever you're listening, the spirit of Jezebel. So as we get into this, I want you to know that uh, the spirit of Jezebel is a spirit. It's not a person. All right. In, in, in the Bible, as we just read, it's a person. But the spirit is in operation today, the spirit of Jezebel. That's why we call it the spirit of Jezebel. And I also want you to understand is we have a misconception in the church or in the body of Christ that the spirit of Jezebel can only operate in a woman because it was a woman in the Bible. That is incorrect and it is not true. I want you to hear me in this moment right now. That is not true. It's incorrect. The spirit of Jezebel can operate in a man or a woman. It's not inclusive to one sex. No, it can operate in a man or a woman. So I want you to get that today. So we, you know, we think that since it's in Scripture, it was a woman that it can only operate in a woman. That is not true. So I want to give you some background on Jezebel. Uh, Jezebel took the throne with King Ahab during a time of political uncertainty in Israel. Uh, she worshipped foreign idols and reintroduced them to Israel. And we find that in 1 Kings chapter 18. She slaughtered the Lord's prophets. We find that in 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 4. Uh, she wrongfully killed a man to take possession of his vineyard. We find that in 1 Kings 21, verses 1 through 22, and in verse 53. She then threatened to kill prophet Elijah. We find that in 1 Kings 19. And she murdered anyone who protested her introduction of Baal worship into the kingdom. So I want to break down real quickly the, the scripture that we read uh, in Second Kings. So it says, Meanwhile, Elijah the prophet, I want you to get that word, prophet, had summoned a member of the group of prophets. He told him, get ready to travel. And I really feel that somebody needs to understand this, that you're getting ready to travel. <laughs> Someone needs to understand this in your spirit. God is getting ready to uh, expand your habitation and your stakes and your borders of influence. So God is telling you today, you got to get ready to travel this preparation. And I love this because he's requiring him to prepare. Uh, and, and you need to know that because we think that when God calls us to a place, there's no preparation that's necessary. No. When God calls you to a place, he'll call you after preparation has already been done. <laughs> this is why he says, get ready to travel. He's telling you, I'm getting ready to take you somewhere, but get ready, mean prepare, because I'm getting ready to take you somewhere. And then we read on, it says, and take this flask of olive oil with you. And we understand that olive oil is a representation of the anointing. And, and, and so I love this is because he's saying, don't forget the anointing. <laughs> don't forget the oil. So what he's saying is, don't travel and leave the anointing at home. Don't travel and leave the anointing here. He's saying, take the oil with you. Take the anointing with you. And I just wanted to declare to you today that in order for you to fulfill the call on your life, when God says, get ready to travel, you got to take the oil with you. You got to take the anointing with you. So then we go farther and he says, go to Ramoth Gilead and find Jehu, son of Jehoshaphat, son of Nimshi. Call him into a private room away from his friends. <laughs> And see, the oil that you want to operate in and the oil that God has called you to operate and flow in, 
It requires what just happened. He says he calls him into a private room away from his friends. Now notice in the scripture when he says this, what he's doing is he's calling him from the crowd. He's he's separating him into purpose. He's putting him in a set-apart status. And you've got to understand, in order for God to get you to the place he's taking you to go, separation is is required. Isolation may be required. So don't think it's the enemy uh, separating you or the enemy tearing your friends away or isolating you. No, God is separating you on purpose for a purpose. And you've got to understand that. And then he says, and then he poured the oil on his head. Notice the oil was poured after separation. The oil wasn't poured until he did what? He separated him from his friends. <laughs> and then we go farther and it says, say to him, this is what the Lord says. I anoint you to be king over Israel. Then open the door and run for your life. Now, when I read this, I'm like, what in the world is, what is he saying? Open the door and run for your life. What he's saying is that you've gotten everything that you need. I just anointed you. I just poured the oil on your head. There's no reason to wait here any longer. You've got everything you need. You've got the anointing. You've got what it needs. Now go run and change the world. Uh, and then we go farther and it says, See the young prophet, notice that word again, did as he was told and went to Ramoth Gilead. When he arrived there, he found Jehu sitting around uh, for the other officers. I have asked you, commander, he said, for which one of us, Jehu asked, for which one of us? So, so he arrives and he says, I've got a message for you, commander. And he's saying, for which one of us? And then he looks at Jehu and says, for you. <laughs> and I just wanted to, to come in and tell you and declare to you today that this message may not be for everyone, but it's for you. <laughs> this message may not be for everyone, but it's for someone and it's for you. And then we go to verse six and it says, so Jehu left the others. We see separation again. And went into his house. Then the young prophet. So I just wanted to break the lie of the enemy right now that says you're too young. You can't do this. You can't operate in spiritual gifts. You can't prophesy. You can't lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. No. That is a lie. Because why? There is age. Age. Let me say it like this. Age does not determine the level of anointing. What I'm trying to say is, oh, you're too young. You can't do this. You can't. No, no, no. When God calls you at that moment, when you get saved, you get, you, you know, you get water baptized, you get filled with the Holy Ghost, you are ready for a new level in ministry. So he says, he says, then he said, young prophet, young prophet. <laughs> so this tells me that God can call the young just as much as he can call the old. So don't think that you're too young to fulfill this call. He says, young prophet, pour the oil over Jehu's head and said, this is what the Lord of God of Israel said. I anoint you over the Lord's people. You are to destroy the family of Ahab, your master. In this way, I will avenge the murder of my prophets and all the Lord's servants who were killed by Jezebel. So Jezebel, uh, I want you to understand that Jezebel is a ruling spirit that tries to overthrow prophets or tries to overthrow prophetic people. And you have to really understand this because this is why I was wanting you to really, when, when, when the word prophet was brought up, that's why I was telling you to get this in your spirit. Because the, the, this is why I think that, that Jezebel, the spirit of Jezebel, uh, it, it's something that I, I see. It's something that I feel that I'm called to expose and destroy. And the reason is, is because there's a prophetic mandate. There's a prophetic mantle on my life. And that's why I think I see this so much. And that's why I think I get frustrated with the spirit of Jezebel because Jezebel tried to overthrow the prophets. Jezebel tried to overthrow the prophetic people. And I think the reason why is because the prophetic people will see Jezebel a mile away. 
Um, and if you can see a thing, now you can tear down a thing. Because you can't tear down what's not being exposed, right? Whether it was uh, uh, being exposed by God or um, directly from God or whether it was being exposed from uh, a man or woman of God that God revealed to them. So this is why the, the spirit of Jezebel hates the prophetic people. Uh, this is why the spirit attacks churches, families, and individuals. Uh, this spirit does. Um, when, when you're under attack by the spirit of Jezebel, this is how you can know you're under attack by a spirit of Jezebel. Everything seems overwhelming. Everything seems foggy. There's no clarity. There's no direction. Um, it's just foggy. It's overwhelming. And as you can see, as we, I just mentioned, the Jezebel couldn't stand prophets. It couldn't stand prophetic people. Uh, so I want to go right into this. I want to I want to give you some traits. Uh, as I was doing my studying, there's there's 17 traits that I found. Uh, signs or traits of the spirit of Jezebel. So I want you to be taking these notes. We're not going to spend too long on each one. Um, I just want to go down these. Uh, so we've got 17 signs or traits of the spirit of Jezebel. Number one, they gain power by destroying others. <laughs> it's like an adrenaline rush when they win over somebody. Uh, they manage to get in positions of authority uh, and are difficult to displace once, di dismantle or displace once they get there. Number two, they're controlling, they're manipulative, and they're extremely bossy. <laughs> Number three, they can either be they can either be warlike in their personalities, so that they are intimidating, or so sweet, or perfect, or deceitful, or timid and sneaky. Uh, they're able to fool and recruit others to join them, and sometimes they can be very charming and charismatic. Once again, as we're going through these traits, your people's mind, people's names, people's faces may be popping up in your head, but I want you to see the spirit behind the person. I don't want you to see the person, because we're not here. Our what? Our battle is not against flesh and blood, but what? Against principalities, spiritual wickedness, and heavenly places. So this is what we're up against. We're not up against each other. We're up against the spirit. Okay, so I want you to really understand that. Number four, they are critical of others, vicious to the point of being bloodthirsty. Number five, they are never wrong. <laughs> These are the people that you can have all the evidence in the world, right, to prove that they are guilty, but they still don't think they're guilty. Number six, they recruit, this is a huge one, I see it in the, the body of Christ all the time. They recruit others in their charges against their victims. They act to persuade recruits and do not give up this activity until the recruits are won over. If the potential recruits do not cooperate and buy into things, this angers them. So what this is saying is that they try to recruit people to get underneath their vision, try to recruit people to get underneath what they're trying to do. And if they try to recruit somebody and that person doesn't want to be a partaker in what they're trying to get them in, it frustrates them because they, they just lost someone uh, in, in, this, in this move. Number seven, they are narcissistic. They are self-important. Uh, while they can tend to be oversensitive themselves, they have no concern of the feelings of others. They are not sympathetic to their victims and tend to play the role of the victim all the time in order to gain sympathy. Uh, so basically what this is saying is they have no sympathy for others, but when they're going through it, they play the victim card and they want all the sympathy that they can get. Verse 8, they lie and they believe their own lie. 
<laughs> Avoiding the truth or intentionally acting to withhold truth is part of this. A false picture is presented to others. Number nine, they are impulsive. They fail to plan ahead and are chaotic at times. <laughs> Jesus help us. <laughs> Number 10, they lack remorse after hurting someone even to the extent that they try to justify the harm that they just did to somebody. How evil. Number 11, they are consistently irresponsible for their behavior in other areas of their lives. Number 12, they are irritable, aggressive, and can be quick-tempered. Number 13, they fail to conform to social norms. They have their own ways of doing things. It's either their way or the highway. No one's going to tell them how to do it. No one's going to tell them what to do. No, they have their own agenda. And this is what I want to talk to right here while we're on this verse number 13. Is as we just said, they have their own ways. It's either their way or the highway. You want to know whether someone's operating in the spirit of Jezebel or not? Try to get them to submit. See, uh, rebellion is in the same category as the spirit of Jezebel. Right? So if you want to expose the spirit of Jezebel, just try to get the person to submit. Because rebellion is the opposite of submission, right? Rebellion wants to do your own thing, not listen to leadership, not listen to who's above you. But submission wants to do what they're told to do, wants to do what the leaders are telling them to do. So if you want to find where the spirit of Jezebel is in operation, just try to get them to submit. Because they won't, rebellious, rebellious people can't submit. The spirit of Jezebel can't submit. So number 14, psychological counseling will not help them. Why? Because they don't deny that there's even an issue. They don't even admit that there's an issue. They'll deny there's an issue, so counseling won't help. Because why? Counseling's only going to help if you admit that there's an issue. The spirit of Jezebel won't, won't admit that there's an issue here. Number 15, they falsely accuse you and they do not forgive. <laughs> number 16, and number 16 and number 17, this is how you know that this spirit is in operation all across America. Number 16, witchcraft. All over the United States, all over the world. And number 17, seduction. Tell me, we could just park at 17 and we could, that's the only one we could have read, seduction. Tell me that the spirit of Jezebel is not in operation just by reading that seduction's a trait. It's everywhere. It's on social media. It's on websites. It's on billboards. It's on the radio. I mean, it's on apps. It's everywhere. This operate the spirit of the seduction. It's everywhere. Uh, so don't tell me that the spirit of Jezebel is not in operation. So here's my question to you today: Where are the Elijahs of God? See, Elijah was a praying man. He was a man who knew God's heart. He was a man who prophesied. He was a man of faith. Elijah thought about the nation's sin like God, but he also aggrieved. Ha, over the, over the nation's sin like God. so he And he also spoke against the nation's sin like God. So, so he saw the sin like God. He grieved over the sin like God, but he also spoke against the sin like God did. And I, I want to ask you today, where are those Elijahs? Where are the men and women that not only saw sin, but grieved over sin like God? But not only just grieved over sin like God, but spoke out against the sin like God. See, if you want to dismantle the spirit of Jezebel, you can't operate in timidity. No, there, there's got to be a boldness over you that when you see this thing, you dismantle it by the power of the Holy Ghost. This can't be a thing that when you see it, you cower in the corner and you run. No, 
the Eli- that was not Elijah. And so that's why my question to you today is, where are the Elijahs of God? Where are they? The people that fasted and prayed. The people that came to service early because they wanted to seek the face of God. Where are those people? Now I want to speak on these last couple minutes that I have with you. I want to talk about the anointing. I want to ask you, what is the anointing? The anointing is not a cute church word that we throw around to make someone's someone feel good or to pat somebody on the back. The anointing is not something that you get for free. The anointing uh, does not come from a man. The anointing that you are looking for, uh, it, it, it does not come from a uh, your background. It doesn't come from your your financial status. It doesn't come from the successes of life. It comes from the anointed one, Jesus Christ. This is where the anointing comes from. See, a gift will fill a room. It'll entertain a crowd. It'll stir people up. But it's only the anointing that's going to break the yoke of the adversary. The anointing... It will uh, it'll welcome the glory, but gifts will welcome entertainment. Uh, the gift is corruptible. The anointing is incorruptible. The gift will give goosebumps, but the anointing accomplishes God's will. And I want you to get this. I want you to understand this. The gift is an extension of the human soul, but the anointing, my Lord, this is so good, is an impartation of the Spirit of God. I'm talking to you for a moment on the anointing because if you want to break the spirit of Jezebel and you want to cast this thing out and break this thing, it's going to take the anointing, not a gift. It's going to take the anointing to break the yoke off this thing. So we see in Isaiah chapter 10, verse 27, it says, And it shall come to pass on that day, someone say, This day, today is this day, that his burden shall be taken away from thy shoulder, away from thy neck, and shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Not the gift, but the anointing. So when we think of a yoke, we think I want I want to kind of paint a picture in your head. I want to I want to talk about the yoke that oxen wear. Uh, see, a yoke is a wooden beam normally used between a pair of oxen or other animals uh, to enable them to pull together on a load when working in pairs, as as oxen uh, usually do. Some yokes are fitted to individual animals. <laughs> I want you to hear that. Some yokes are fitted to individual animals. There are several types of yoke used in different cultures and different types of oxen. And some of you, the yoke that you feel, the burden that you feel, the enemy has fitted just for you. And some of you, the yoke that you have on your neck, you didn't welcome, you were born into it. But today, at this moment, right now, I believe is today... That you understand, you see that yoke, you see the spirit of Jezebel up on your neck, you see you see that spirit, but today I believe you step in the anointing and we're exposing this thing and we're going to dismantle its power. So I wanted to tell you that I have a fear that the church is full of people that would rather be praised than crushed, and by that, the result that we're going to get is we're going to have a lot of gifted people, but no anointed people. And this is where I feel we're at right now in the body of Christ. 
This is why I feel that we've got people that don't even recognize the spirit of Jezebel. And then we've got people that recognize the spirit of Jezebel but are afraid and are operating in fear to dismantle this thing. And I've come to declare to you today that in order for you to break this spirit in your family, in order to break this spirit off your church, in order to break this spirit in the school system, in this country, in this nation, in this world, what it's going to take is a group of people that are just like Elijah, that operate in the anointing and can do what? I'll see the sin, feel the grieve, but also speak to it. And today I believe that there's a group of people that are going to see this spirit, right? That are going to grieve when this spirit is in operation and that when we see it, but aren't just going to do those two things, but that are going to do the third thing and speak and declare to this thing and tell it where to go. Come on, is there anybody else that's in agreement? I know I'm not the only one right now that fills this mandate. I, I, I feel that the, the anointing as you're listening to this or as you're watching this, I feel that there's a heavy anointing coming on you, a yoke-breaking anointing. I feel the Jehu anointing coming through this lens, coming through this podcast, hitting your spirit right now, and a, a, a supernatural boldness arising up within you that when you see the spirit of Jezebel, you're not going to cower or be timid any longer, but you're going to step in a supernatural boldness and understand that what he that is in me is greater than he that is in the world. Amen. So I believe that when you see this thing, you're getting ready to speak to this thing. Uh, this is what I believe God is doing. I truly believe that that there is a group of believers. Uh, there's a group of remnant believers that are watching right now that are listening that God is raising up. And then there's a clarion call shouting out tonight or today, whenever you're listening to this, uh, and here's what it is, that you were born just like Esther for such a time as this. God knew that in this day, in this hour, in this minute, you would be here, and he entrusted you to take care of this thing. So don't think that you were here on this time, in this moment for an accident. No, God knew you would see this spirit, but he also knew you have everything that it needs to dismantle this spirit in this nation. Amen. So here's what I want to do. I want to pray over you. And then we're going to end this thing. So, Father, I thank you right now, God, that you're anointing. God is flowing through this camera lens. It's flowing through this podcast. And I thank you that the Spirit of God right now will arrest every single person listening and watching. Father, I thank you that your Spirit right now, God, the anointing that breaks every yoke. God, not the gift. We love gifts. We love talents. We love abilities, God. But we want the oil. We want the anointing. God, on our lives. So, Father, may the anointing of the Holy Ghost, God, may the anointing that doesn't come from man or from woman, but the anointing that comes straight from the throne room of heaven, straight through you, God. We want that oil. We want that anointing on our life. And, Father, right now, we break the spirit of uh, timidity. We break uh, uh, the spirit of um, uh, uh, being silent. But, Father, we think that right now, God, we step into supernatural boldness and we step into, God, you and your word says we are seated in heavenly places. Father, so we thank you that we step into that authority right now, understanding that we are seated in heavenly places. And Father, may we walk and operate just like Jehu did. And that anointing, God, and just like Elijah did, to speak to Jezebel. So Father, I thank you right now that we operate in that same spirit to speak to the spirit of Jezebel. And Father, I thank you that this spirit is going right now. As we're praying and as we're listening, that spirit is fleeing right now. In Jesus' name.
Amen. Well, listen, I appreciate you so much taking your time out of your day to whether you're listening on a podcast or whether you're watching on my YouTube channel. Uh, I am super, super grateful for your time. Uh, I believe God is doing something incredible uh, in the earth today. I, I truly believe that. Um, and and here's, here's what I ask of you. I ask that you, um, my wife and I are stepping into a new season in ministry and we, we, we feel this call and I ask that you um, would begin to pray for us and, and seek the face of God for us. We're excited uh, for, of what God is doing. And so I just ask and encourage you to, to begin to pray and seek the face of God for us because uh, we believe not only for us, but you that are listening and watching that the greatest days of your life your ministry and your call are not behind. They're not even now, but they're ahead. And that's what we believe. So I love each and every one of you all. Listen, stay connected. Uh, connect with me on Facebook. Uh, connect with me on Instagram. Connect with me on YouTube. Uh, check my website out, www.isaaccarpenter.net. Uh, these are all different ways you can stay connected. You have prayer requests, feel free to... Uh, I've, got a, I've got a tab on my website um, under prayer requests. Feel free to drop them in there. Um, and we can come in agreement with you. Listen, I love each and every one of you all. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day. God bless and have an incredible rest of your day. Love you all.